Hey everybody, Zach Warner here, swagger, swagger on a million. Nah, it's Peter. It's Peter. Zach's here. Block Party Podcast is back in action. Zach is sitting an alarming amount of distance away from the mic, but he is here. I'm back. Do me a favor and explain to people what they should do if they enjoy our podcast. They should follow us on Twitter at BlockPartyPC. Yes, yes. Um, and also, obviously, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a give us a, a review. Um, you know, you can yelp it. You can give us the two paragraphs if you want it, or you can just say "good podcast" or "dece." Whatever, like whatever you want to say, just give us five out of five stars. Yes, yeah, for sure. But go online. We can be automatically downloaded to your phones. It's as easy as just subscribing on iTunes. So find us Black Party Podcast on iTunes. Uh, get the direct hookup. Yeah, we have got a Twitter account for the pod. A lot of the links and best bets and all that stuff get sent out there. That, that's something that kind of we're developing and working on as we figure out really how to run a podcast. Yeah. And uh, that's probably the best medium for us. So if you're listening, why not? Go subscribe. Uh, go find us on the internet so that it's as easy and painless as possible to get your fix. Yeah, no, I would really appreciate it. Really, really owe you one. Um, we're going to start with the NFL. We're getting really down to down to the nitty-gritty. Just a few weeks ago, we were on the podcast talking about week 15, 16, how the playoff push was coming, and here we are, just three more games until the end of the NFL season. Yeah, um, I'm super excited for both of these games. I, I think that, uh, I think the... The AFC is a little more of a mismatch, I guess, or what I foresee it being a mismatch versus the NFC, but I think that's definitely probably, you probably got four, the four best teams left over the course of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I think the Broncos are there, but I don't, I mean, let's let's just jump right into it. The AFC is the first game on Sunday. Um, do, you, do you see any way that the Broncos beat the Patriots? I, I really don't, and um, I try to because I really, you know, not the biggest Patriots fan. I just kind of, they're kind of like the Spurs. Like, I respect how good they are. I respect their, you know, they win all the time, but I kind of want to see something different. But granted, Denver's kind of similar, but I just, I don't know, the whole Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing. It's like, I want to see something else. But um, the only thing I saw was the oddshark.com thing. They have, like, a predicted score, and theirs was, like, 27 to 14 Broncos which was pretty uh, pretty crazy. I but wonder what variables go me. into that. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, that would really surprise me, and that would have to be some fluky stuff just because we've seen the way Peyton looked last week, and we've seen the way New England looked. Like They pretty much took care of the Chiefs, no problem, and then Gronk looking healthy. I think they're, they're, uh, they've got to be the Super Bowl favorites probably going forward. Yeah, I um, there's a couple of cases that I could make for the – for the Broncos to beat the Pats, but man, it's tough. Uh, the Broncos have arguably the best defense in the NFL. They they get after the quarterback. They've got good cornerbacks. Whether or not Chris Harris is a hundred percent, that's a pretty big deal. He's one of the best. I'd say one of the best ten to twelve cornerbacks in the league. Um, it sounds like his shoulder injury is really going to keep him limited to kind of a uh, a nickel kind of tertiary cornerback role. Um, so. That's a big deal. And then, like I mentioned, they get after the quarterback. They led the league with 52 sacks, a pretty ferocious pass rush led by guys like Von Miller, uh, DeMarcus Ware, Shane Ray. 
52 sacks was first in the NFL, but Tom Brady is second in the NFL when facing pressure off a blitz. He's got one of the quickest release times in the history of the NFL. And uh, I read, I can't remember the exact number, but I think his release time was like 2.4 plus seconds without Edelman, 2.1 plus seconds with Edelman. So he's even fractionally better with Julian Edelman back. It just seems like everywhere that the Broncos could maybe have a perceived advantage, the Patriots do something well to counter that. And it, it's really tough because the Patriots have lost to the Broncos this year. They haven't historically been great in Denver, but I, I, it's really, really tough to see them beating the Broncos. Or yeah. losing, losing to the Broncos. Yes. No, I agree. And it, it, Gary Kubiak versus Bill Belichick, like that's a pretty big mismatch. Um but I I think uh, the Broncos uh, would have to have some some crazy stuff like a you know defensive touchdown maybe a special team some stuff like that to kind of have the have the uh, I guess the, the pendulum in their favor yeah yeah, yeah. Their way but um, do you see that stat I think it was in the Simmons podcast saying that there's never been a conference championship road favorite that that lost yeah know, that was yeah, a bad yeah, way to explain yeah. it but like basically any time. There's a road favorite in the conference championship. That team always wins. So, yeah, and they if, probably should be laying more points. Yeah, no, I'm. I was surprised. Um, it you know it's basically stayed the same around three and a half or three. Um, but I guess people have uh, talking themselves into Denver and Peyton and and having the home game. But I mean Denver is 0-3 and two against the spread in their last five games. So I, obviously it's trending bad for them. So here is one little stat that I I thought was interesting. Uh, Denver, only 19th in rush offense DVOA, but they've been a top 10 team the last couple months. C.J. Anderson, he did... C.J. Anderson killed the Pats when they played. 113 yards on 15 carries, 7.5 yards a pop. He's been better kind of since the weather's gotten colder. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry since that Pats game. So if there's a way that the Pats would get beat, I would say that it's ball control. C.J. Anderson, you know, goes for 180 yards, and and they keep the ball out of Brady's hands. But you mentioned it. I think the Pats are going to win, and I think that, that the spread that we've seen and that we both got of, of three, three and a half, I, I don't even think it'll be that close. Yeah, I think it'll be a touchdown game at least, and I would be super surprised um, if Denver does uh, keep it tight. But I think it'll be kind of like the Chiefs game where – the Patriots kind of get a score early and then just kind of stay ahead the whole game. Maybe Denver flirts with coming back, but uh, that's kind of the way I foresee it happening. Yeah, so that's kind of both of our best bets then is, is Pats. Yeah, minus, I Pats think and three and even half, have yeah. the three, three and a half. Yeah, I got it at Pats minus three. Um, I just, okay, when you think about it in real terms, would you predict the Broncos to even break 20 against? The Pats defense is good. Good front seven. Malcolm Butler's kind of led that secondary. I don't even think I see them scoring more than 20, and I'd be surprised if Brady and Gronk and Edelman and the offense doesn't find a way to score 27-30. Yeah, that's I, that's why I thought when I saw 27-14 that that was the predicted score with the Pats winning. Like, that's yeah, the score yeah. I could see, or 27-17, or, you know, 27-10. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the over-under was, like, was it 48 for this game yeah, or something like I that? Yeah, I saw 48. So, yeah. Um, I, I'm... I'd probably lean on the under too, but I I I just think Patriots minus three and a half or three is just easy money. Yeah, it seems like easy money, but those are the ones yep. that don't work. Yep, and then that's when like 
Tom Brady gets hurt in the first play of the game and Jimmy Garoppolo looks like trash or something. We bet the entire house on this, (laughs) so we will not have a place to live if the Pats don't win by four points. And then also, I have another bet on this game. This was just, once it kind of gets a little deeper like this, you know, not as much games and they're usually tighter lines. I love betting on the random stuff. And so I went over 10.5 yards on Gronk's first catch. Um, I feel like Gronk always goes for 15 to 20 yards a catch. He's averaging 17 this year. And uh, as long as they don't do some weird little bubble screen for him for like a three, five yard you know, reception, I feel like that bet's pretty money. You see, you catch him up the seam and he's going for, yeah, you like, know, 15, I, 18, I 20. could easily see him go for a 22-yard catch, like opening drive, like, you know, second and sixth play or something. But uh, we'll see. It was, it was only minus 132, so it's almost an even bet. So I felt like yeah. that was pretty fun money. It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, you do get really invested. It's not like you can just do one. You got to really give yourself a vested interest throughout the ball game. Yep, uh, I'd, and Gronk, just watching him last week, it's like, okay, he's clearly not that injured. Like, there's no, all he's stuff fine. like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's more injured than they're letting us on to believe, <clears throat> and then he looks just normal. But, so, this NFC game, the total opposite for me. I have no idea how how I feel like this one's going to go. Cardinals against the Panthers, two of, you talked about maybe the four best teams being involved. Maybe debatable. I think these are... Two of the best three teams, definitely the two best teams year round in the NFC. This is going to be a fantastic football game. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I think that that's the later game. I think it's a 5:40 kick. Um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping it's good. I I think I'm actually going to lean on the Panthers minus three just because I've, I've been more fun for me to watch. I haven't. I have no. Do you like that? Like you feel confident, or that's just that, what you're going to yeah, do? Yeah, it's just what I'm going to do. Um, I just uh, I don't know. I feel like this game should be a fun one, but obviously this could be the one that. Panthers win by 15 or Cardinals win by a couple of touchdowns too who knows what happens but why um, do you uh why do you like the Panthers I don't know I just really it was just like a gut thing I looked at looked at the uh like stats and trends and they're both pretty trending in in each person's favor but I was like I'll take Panthers at home with Cam the MVP like I don't know I just to me it was like I'll, I'll do the the safe thing here I guess and it does feel kind of the Cinderella story of Everyone loves Cam. He's having such a fun year. Uh, he's going to win the NFL MVP. But the Cardinals are so good on both sides of the ball. Uh, the Cardinals, I, just, I feel like a lot of these teams' strengths, again, kind of like the, Pat, the Pats and Broncos, match up. I think the, the, the Panthers want to run the ball, obviously. They want to get that run game uh, churning out consistent five, six, seven yards so that they can pop you with play action with Olsen over the middle or or getting down the sideline. Um, and the Panther or the Cardinals have been one of the best run defenses in the league. Number two uh, rush defense DVOA across the entire season, Arizona is. So that's a, a thing where it's, you know, a rock and a hard place. Something's got to give there. If the Panthers get Stewart going, I love them, but it's going to be difficult. Um, one thing that I do think could favor the Panthers, that Packers defense really got pressure up the middle on Palmer uh, and kind of didn't necessarily need to bring a ton of blitzers. Um, If they can get pressure, Kawan Short was incredible um, in their last couple games, really, but particularly against Seattle. Kawan Short just dominated that Seahawks offensive line. If Short and Star Latulale can really get pushed, and get Palmer out of the pocket. Obviously, he's been great this season, but 
he'll never be and has never been a guy that can perform well when he's pushed off of his spot and when he has to throw on the move. So I think that could really be uh, a situation where if you see Palmer look uncomfortable, you could see this game um, slide toward Carolina pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I just, I'm just hoping for this one to be a fun one to watch Sunday night. You know, it's 540, so, you know, night game. And uh, I also have another fun bet on, on this game, another weird bet. I'm going to go with Cam going over 300 total yards receiving, or not receiving, rushing and passing. Um, he's averaging, I think it was like 240 yards throwing and 40 on the on the ground this year. Um, I just think Cam Bam Swagger Hammer Newton is gonna you know perform for me, have a big game going into the Super Bowl, and you know prove once again that he's the MVP. He wasn't great against the Seahawks, but it is really tough. It seems like no stage is too big for him. He loves the limelight. Obviously, it's tough to see one of these games that he doesn't play well. Like, can you see him throwing for like a buck forty with three picks? It, yeah. it seems like there's no way he yeah. has a bad game in a big stage. Yeah, and and the only way he would, probably would throw three picks would be if like it hits Ted get in the face because he's such a bad receiver that and could, it like happen, pounces though. up and then Norman gets it and then talks more trash. That could happen. Um, <coughs> you but so you really like Pan? You, you do like Panthers minus three or like is that would you call it a best bet or not? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, I'll call I'll call Panthers minus three a best bet. It's I I feel like they have they have the more probability of winning and then three points is obviously just a, a field goal so I think I think they should win by at least a field goal so Panthers and Pats in the Super Bowl is is where we're both leaning yep I think that's that's sure gonna happen I think the boy Brady and Cam Newton that's yeah. gonna be a, a lot of really interesting press conferences and a lot of really awful that's uh We'll talk about that plenty when it comes to fruition. Um, but also, I think Cam is actually not going to play in the Super Bowl, and they're going to let Jake DeLone come back and play. I'm in. <laughs> I'm all for that. He, he, Jake DeLone might be more, Jake DeLone might be more effective at quarterback <laughs> than Peyton Manning right now. Uh, yeah, probably. It's not. It's not that far off. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the NBA, uh, where your Memphis Grizzlies. You blink your eyes, and all of a sudden the Grizz have won six of seven, and they're the five seed in the West. Yeah, I mean they're doing they're doing some good things. Taking Two weeks some, ago, Chicken yes. Little was talking about trading Jeff Green, and we were on here just really like it's over. It's yeah. it doesn't look good, and um, we can still talk about whether or not there's really any like any real hope. Yeah, like ceiling for this team, but. It's a lot more fun when they're winning six of seven. Um, Twenty-five and nineteen, like I mentioned, fifth in the fifth in the West. Uh, and now, can you kind of see? Like, I would not be stunned if the Grizzlies get the five, or even the four, and beat Dallas or the Clippers in the first round. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're. I mean, that's that's where they've been. They've been a, a second round and out team. And I don't know if there's anything really wrong with that. I can kind of see them now. Uh, getting back to the Grizzlies that everyone is at least satisfied with. Semifinals. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean we're last year what were we up two one on the on the Warriors. So right. like, obviously uh we've been really close and like within striking distance, but just like I feel like in order for us to make a finals this year, there's gotta be the most insane breaks ever. I think Oh there's Spurs, no it's not gonna happen. I think the odds of that just I think I don't think we're I think we're the fourth fourth most you know dangerous finals team as far like I don't think the the Mavs are that like 
I don't think they can. I think we have a better chance of making the finals than the Mavs. That's just what I want to say. Yeah. But with our roster and the way the you know the, the series that would have to happen, but obviously we'd have to have basically Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, maybe There's Draymond. No, the and best two else. players on every team would have, have to like be in a playing accent together. But um, I'm old. I think they're the Spurs Warriors first game is on Monday too. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but kind of focusing on the Grizzlies. One, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being a second-round-and-out team when you're where the Grizzlies are. Two, does this surprise you at all to see what they've done? Because we talked about this when we were first even starting this podcast toward the beginning of the NBA season, how the Grizzlies had a lot of guys coming out of shape. It looks like Zebo, Marcus All, Tony Allen have played themselves into shape, which is something that you can't necessarily predict, but... You can also kind of watch it happen and not be incredibly surprised when they look like different players month to month. Yeah, it's kind of like they're just getting the getting the wheels under them, and and Mark has been looking good. And I just want Mark to to keep being a beast. Like I don't feel like we ever watch games where he goes for thirty plus around thirty, and we're like, ah, oh, we lost. Like he when he's like aggressive and like last night, I think he got to the foul line like 10, 10, 12 times or something. Like when he's getting those and he's getting everything going, we're such a better team. And I just hate when he's super passive and like looking for the, the assists instead. Yeah. It, it's, it's frustrating to watch. And now that he's kind of ramped it up, it's a reminder like, Oh, Hey, you're probably the best center in the NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah. please, please put the team on your back. Yeah. And, and I know that's not his kind of his personality. He's not, that's not how he is. He just does that once every five games or so where he goes into like, you know, dominating mode, but I just want him, I like, and I think even Jaeger said, you know, this stuff like they he's, all have, he's our all first option. Conley, yeah, so. Zebo, Tony Allen, Jaeger. Yeah. I just want more shots and more, more looks and touches basically. So Grizzlies expiring contracts, contracts. You're looking at Mario Chalmers, Courtney Lee, Jeff Green, Matt Barnes, all... And Mike Conley. And Mike Conley, of course, expiring toward the end of this year. They're not going to trade Mike Conley right now. Yeah. But my point is, if you are Chris Wallace, uh, what what would you do? Would you just stand pat? Would you trade one, two, or three of those guys? Who would you target to re-sign, and who would you try to move for pieces right now? I think to me the best piece we have in that for for keeping I don't know if it would be Courtney versus obviously Mike and I'd say, I don't know I guess Mario got thrown there too well let me put it this way I really like Matt Barnes I don't want them to trade him he's making like nothing it's not like we get he's, a lot of he's cap the most valuable player a, in that group he's a good glue glue guy that can play the four the three you know like he plays a lot for us I would rather them trade Jeff Green obviously for selfish reasons I just he doesn't work. And, you know, I'm sure a team would love to have someone like that that they saw, you know, used to average 20 a game. But Bottom line, he's an expiring. Yeah, exactly. All those guys have value in that yeah. regard. And then um, also Courtney is, is pretty good, pretty solid too. But um, I don't know, like you can't get rid of all of them and then be stuck in trying to shop on a brand new, you know, wings next year. But I think uh, I think Jeff could get us the most value probably because some team will probably overvalue him like we – we probably did for a first rounder, but um, I don't know. I, I really like um, I really like Matt Barnes. I don't want them to trade him. Who out of those guys would you like? Would you prioritize re-signing Matt Barnes because he's pretty old? Yeah, he's thirty five, right? Like so. I mean, yeah, sure. If you can get him on two year deal or something simple, but um, we kind of saw how that works out with old guys and Vince Carter. Like he is just a 
skeleton out there, like banking threes off the side of the backboard. But Matt Barnes will be 36 years old in early March. So yeah, so it is. So you would, but so maybe you resign Matt Barnes. Yeah, I'm I'm not against a two year deal for him, um, just because he hasn't like. But at the same time, like Vince didn't show that much signs of regression before we signed him, and then he just kind of went down. So maybe they won't make that same mistake. Vince Carter also an expiring. Yeah, because he's. I doubt anyone would. Yeah, I doubt anyone would would pay for him. But they do have a buyout that would allow them to maybe move him. Yeah. So. um yeah, I want to keep Barnes. I think he's resignable. I think Courtney's resignable. I don't know if Mario is just because he's so dang valuable. And, like, I was looking at the point guard class. Like, obviously, Mike is the is definitely the clear-cut number one in the free agency. But he Mario's arguably, a, like, a top five or top ten point guard in next year's draft class. And so somebody's probably going to overpay him. And there's no way we're going to be able to pay, like, $35 million a year to two point guards. Yeah. I, uh, okay. We'll, we'll we'll tackle that one thing at a time here as we get a little aggressive. Um, I'm with you. I I say you got to keep Matt Barnes. You got to keep Mario Chalmers. I will be interested to see if they hang on to Courtney and Jeff. I know the Grizzlies roster loves Courtney. Um, he can be a little bit streaky, but he was also really good in the playoffs last year. Um, I we have talked. I have talked on here on Twitter on TV about how the Grizzlies have been interested or or willing to consider moving Jeff Green um, even after he opted in for this last one year. It would seem like he's the most obvious candidate to go, uh, but I will be interested to see, obviously. I mean, I don't know if there's a move you make that moves the needle for how far they can advance in the playoffs, yeah. but you can also acquire some kind of future assets, which when you get nothing for your first-round picks – in uh, Jarrell Martin and Jordan Adams, that that kind of matters. Even yeah. if you get a, a marginal piece, like they've you know got John Luer and Jermichael Green, someone that can contribute on a roster. Um, yeah, you, you kind of. I'll be interested to see if they get anything because yeah. that kind of move can still be valuable. Now, you mentioned Mike Conley. Uh, Mike is back. He is still dealing with that left Achilles injury, but. He played two games this week, um, 17.5 points a game, six assists. He's shooting 52% from the field, which is really valuable because he had been shooting less than 41% uh, prior to going down. Um, The Achilles is an issue, but it's good to see him back. And I've been guilty of it. You can see a guy like Mario Chalmers play. The point guard depth in the NBA is so nuts. You can see these guys play well and think, well, Mike Conley, is he really that valuable? But when he's on the court and he's running the two-man game with Mark, um, he's really, really good. He's it, he's really good, and it's tough. It's important to not kind of underestimate him, I think. Yeah, no, I, I I like Mike Conley a lot. I mean, he's the perfect guy that literally every single year has gotten better, improved at little things. You know, this year he kind of started off bad. Who knows what, what it was or what the reasoning was. But, you know, he's... He also this year is his lowest turnover numbers, you know, for his career, which is awesome. Obviously, like you said, he was his worst shooting field goal percentage of the year of his career. But I mean, I I want him back because of Grizz. I, I mean, I think does, does the health worry you at all? A little bit. Like I know he's played probably around 70, 70 games a year on average, so he's he's missing you know ten Here, or twelve. His last three years: eighty games, seventy three games, seventy games last year, and now this year he's on pace for about seventy. Yeah. So I mean, seven out of eight game, you know, seven out of eight games basically is what you're getting. So that I think that's obviously where you get the the pressure on 
on getting a good backup point guard. And so, I mean, why don't we just do what's right and bring back Juan Carlos Navarro? Makes sense. <laughs> and make the world the way it's supposed to be. God, I miss him every day. Uh, I need to play with Barcelona on 2K today just to bring back some memories. Get your fix in. Yeah, him and Andre Tomic. Um, so, I don't know. I think... What, what, so what do you think the number is for Mike in free agency? I was looking at that. First of all, I think that uh, I talked to Mike personally um, earlier this week at the MLK game or after the MLK game. He told me that he still has to walk in a boot um, for the kind of foreseeable future. And then he said the one thing I didn't want to hear, I was asking him, so when is this going to be better? Like When is it going to be better permanently? And he said, it's not really something that you can get right until the summer, which is the story of Mike Conley's life. It's yep. always the ankles. Well, they're, they're kind of going to bug me till the summer. Ah, oh, yeah. my eye's not going to be right until the summer. He told me his Achilles is not going to be totally right until the summer, which is not what I wanted to hear. Um, that does worry me. The good news is that the schedule, for as much as Dave Yeager has talked about it, the schedule is a lot lighter. They've got the the day off before they go to Minnesota. They've got another day off, Orlando, two days off, Milwaukee, a day off. They don't play back-to-back, a back-to-back, until February 5th and 6th. And then they have just two back-to-backs in the entire month of February before things get a lot more um, intense in March. So he's got about six weeks to really get right, and that's when I'll be interested. I don't want to see Mike, well, I, I want to see Mike, but I won't be convinced if I see Mike play well the next couple weeks. I want to see him in March and April have legs and shoot well. Yeah, uh, That's really what I want to see. And now as far as salary goes, I was doing some of the numbers. Um, it's tough to project because the the NBA salary situation is so fluid right now. It's going to be jumped up this summer. It's going to jump again next summer. So it's tough to really put it in perspective because guys are getting these crazy monster deals. And what kind of makes sense as you project a five- or six-year salary contract situation for teams and players? I floated out there five years, $90 for Mike, 18 per, maybe five years, $100 million, 20, 20 million per. Really? That would put him at third in the NBA right now, behind Chris Paul and Derrick Rose. That would put him above guys like Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Kyrie Irving. But it's not a max contract. If he was going to get a max contract, he could get upwards of $25 million a year toward the end. It'd be like something about a $525 million deal because of his service time with the Grizzlies. So it puts him ahead of guys like Westbrook, Wall, and Kyrie. But those guys are going to get raises in the next two years that bumped them way past what Conley would get. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of kind of fair. You know, you put him in the, the five, maybe six, seven through ten range of point guard salaries. Um, it's not a deal that's probably going to handicap your, your franchise moving forward, but you pay a guy who's been on a reasonable deal. He's more valuable in the city of Memphis than he is anywhere else because of how much people love him here. I feel like that kind of range is, 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 is where... The Grizzlies should target, and I feel like that's a fair and, and good deal for Mike. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good number. I don't know um, what what his his like like you said his ceiling is, and I was actually kind of happy when the Nets let go of Hollins because I didn't know if if he still loved Hollins. Obviously, the Nets have made it known that they're like Mike Conley is going to be our number one target. In yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of 
you know, not that I was actually nervous. Like, why would you want to go play in Brooklyn for a, a god awful franchise with an owner who's kind of basically Stan Kroenke ish now? He's just backing off and just trying to almost get rid of the team, probably. Yeah. Versus playing with the Grizzlies, where you've been playing your whole career. So I, and then I don't know if you saw that quote with, um, I think he he was asking someone asked him I don't know who it was like scale one to ten how much do you want to uh, be back in Memphis oh it was next Matt year? Moore CBS. and he said eleven yeah. yeah yeah so I don't know if that's kind of indicative like he's saying like I really want to be back so like if I'm not it's all on the Grizzlies it's not on me or if it was just like same thing as Mark like I feel the same way right now about Mike resigning as I did last year about Mark resigning like well no okay way. here's the thing Mike. Mark didn't really give a crap as far as like playing politics and uh, and catering to media or fans or whatever. Mike will do all of that. He yeah. is, if nothing else, politically correct. He's smart. He's well-spoken. I guarantee you Mike Conley is going to say the right things at every single avenue. Uh, I, think he, I think he's interested in coming back. I don't know if I'd say he feels obligated to come back. Don't forget, this is a city whose fans booed him whose front office literally traded him. Yeah. Like, there was a deal. I don't know if you know this even. that I talked to Mike about this last year. Um, the Grizzlies had traded Mike Conley to the Milwaukee Bucks. And to the point where the media went to practice, Mike wasn't available for interview sessions or even practice. Like, the team told him, stay in the locker room, you're traded, we're getting the deals worked out right now. And it didn't end up happening. But he was actually traded to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, a few years ago, kind of before he really took off. And lo and behold, you know, all this has worked out beautifully. I don't know if Mike has totally forgotten all that. Yeah. And so I wonder if he'll really show the same kind of uh, loyalty that Mark has shown because he's he remembers those those tough times. Things are great now. I think he loves Memphis, but... I also think that that kind of has lingered for him, and he's used it as a motivation chip. Yeah, I, I wonder what teams are going to try and make a run for him, or if we're going to get that same Mark thing where he doesn't even get kind of to the market, and we just basically work out a deal with him for the first week of free agency or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there uh, there is a lot, a lot to look forward to with the Grizzlies, and of course we'll discuss all that on Block Party Podcast, kind of as the. As the NBA season continues, as the trade deadline comes and goes, and then as the playoff push uh, kind of wraps up, that's going to do it for Block Party Podcast this week. Go find us on iTunes and subscribe to your boys. We're out here. Subscription. Five-star ratings only, please. You hear the dogs in the background. They're excited. Uh, Pats and Panthers Super Bowl is our prediction. We will see you guys next week to talk about how correct we really were. And how much money we made. Yeah, millies.